0: Hey everyone, this is Jackknife. Welcome to another bonus episode of the Cutting Edge 2023-24 Weekly New York Rangers Recap. How you doing, everyone? You enjoyed the Super Bowl? I did. I mean, well, at least the end of it. I'll say this about the Chiefs. Yes, it's annoying to see them win all the time, but the thought of another quarterback potentially passing Brady in Super Bowl rings does make me excited because I'm sick of all the freaking worshipping of Tom Brady I don't think he's the goat yeah Zach Daniels I said that what are you going to do about it but everyone's you know armchair quarterbacking no pun intended Kyle Shanahan's decision to receive the ball in the overtime I think that was the right call You, it's not like a typical sudden death where or it's not like a typical you know extra innings in baseball or a shootout in hockey where if you know it goes extra you know you definitely have the last shot in this situation even if you score a touchdown first it, and the other team ties it it's not like last licks it suddenly becomes sudden death again so yeah I think Kyle Shanahan was right to go for it or not go for it but receive. At the, at the start of overtime. But you guys don't want to hear me talk about that. You guys want to hear me talk about the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers. Who since last time I talked to you. Won three straight games. Yes all games I'm going to be recapping. Briefly this episode. Are wins. Part of a five game winning streak. Dating back to the game. Before the All-Star break. How funny is that? I said. That episode recapping that win against the Senators, could that fight from Connor Mackey be th- this year's equivalent of Jacob Truma's hel- helmet throw? Well, right now, the Rangers are 34-16-3. They are six points ahead of Carolina Hurricanes, who have a game in hand, and seven points and a game in hand on the Flyers. So, let's recap the games. First game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, not a high-scoring game. In fact, the first period, each team only had five shots on goal. However, the scoring started just over a minute into the second period. Jimmy Vc placed a beautiful, bad-angle backhand shot past Andre Vasilevsky to make it 1-0, right? Injures. We talked about how Igor struggled this year. Andre Vasilevsky has had some struggles, too, this year. That being said, whether or not you think Vasilevsky should have stopped that shot, it was still a beautifully placed shot by Jimmy. Anyway, one nothing Rangers, and the Rangers would get some insurance from Johnny Brodzinski to make it 2-0 with just over two minutes left in the second period. And that's what the score would remain heading to the third. We said before how two-goal lead is the worst lead in hockey. Brendan Hagel would make it 2-1 Tampa Bay five and a half minutes into the third, but that's all they would get. Jimmy VC would add a little more insurance with an empty net goal to make it 3-1, and that's what the score would remain. The Rangers won 3-1, and in net for the Rangers was Jonathan Quick. And this was the plan from the very beginning, according to Peter Laviolette, to have Jonathan Quick play against the Avalanche, play against the Lightning, while Igor would get some work with Benoit Allaire. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But this game, Jonathan Quick faced... 18 shots, stopped 17 of them for a 9 4 save percentage. So, this brought the Rangers' winning streak to three at the time. Next game, the Rangers head to Chicago, take on the Blackhawks, one of, if not the worst team in the NHL. And Igor was in net this game, potentially a get-right game for him. Well, it didn't look good at the beginning. Blasic of the Blackhawks scored just over two and a half minutes into the period. And I think this was a shot Igor probably should have had. There was some net front presence in front of him, but I still feel like he had an angle where he could see it. Rangers were in the hole early, but two minutes, 10 seconds later, Alexei Lafreniere on a beautiful feed from Keandre Miller slaps home a one timer, ties the game at one with his 14th goal of the season. This stat I'm about to read to you, I don't know how up to date it is now, but at least on Sunday. Because, you know, some of these teams have played since then. Alexi Lafreniere has 12 even-strength goals this season. And at the very least at the time of this tweet on Sunday. That is equal to or more goals than the even-strength goal totals of Tim Stutzel, Jack Hughes, Jason Robertson, Jack Eichel. Well, Jack Eichel suffered some injuries, so did Jack Hughes. Steven Samkos, Matt Barzell, Alexander Barkov, and Nick Suzuki. So Lafreniere is continuing his impressive stretch of hockey that he's been doing all season. In fact, I'm looking at the stats on naturalstatric.com Alexi Lafreniere is 7th in the league in high danger scoring chances and 5th in the league in just scoring chances in general. So he's not exactly putting up the sexiest amount of goals, but he's getting chances. Maybe E, he needs to finish better. Maybe he's getting, you know, robbed by goalies. Probably a little bit of both, but still, he's doing everything he needs to do. It's only a matter of time before the puck finds the back of the net for him, like, to the point where, like, hey, maybe this guy could be a consistent 30-goal scorer for his career. That's also not taking into consideration that he barely gets any power play time. We'll talk about the power play later, if I remember. Anyway, that goal from Moffineer tied the game at one. And just under two minutes later, Chris Kreider would give the Rangers a a 2-1 lead off of a pretty hilarious play. I forgot the name of the Blackhawks player. I felt kind of bad for him. But he must have blocked the shot or something. And the skate blade broke. And you could see the skate blade fly towards the boards in the corner. And he stuck up on his leg he can't stand up and at some point the Blackhawks clear the zone and the defenseman is just trying to push him to the bench and the Rangers take the puck back and at least do two on one where Kreider puts home a beautiful nifty feed from Adam Fox Chris Kreider just had to tap it in to make it two one that's what the score would go be heading into the second period and almost near a little past the halfway point of the game Johnny Brodzinski again off of a uh, shot from Kako that deflected the Cooley that somehow didn't find the empty net. Thankfully found its way on the Brodzinski stick and it was three-year-old Rangers. And at this point in the game, the Rangers began to coast. It seems like, all right, they, they were thinking, all right, we have this game one. Let's just get on the plane, head back to New York. And Peter LaViolette was experimenting with lines. He was switching up some combinations you know, he would have Panarin with Zibanejan and, like, some other combinations that I don't really feel like, you know, memorizing for you right now. And that mindset from the Rangers was not good. Because Nick Felino scored with just just over 13 and a half minutes in to the third. Nothing really Igor could do on it. Eric Gustafson, you know, failed to, to tie up Foligno and he was just able to bang home a rebound after some chaos in front. And Jason Dickinson deflected a Seth Jones shot with just over a minute left in regulation. This is when the Blackhawks had the goalie pulled. Keandre Miller didn't tie up Dickinson's stick. He deflected it. Tie game. Oh, my God. The Rangers are about to surrender a point to the Blackhawks. A team that having, that didn't get a point in the last, like, four or five games or so. I don't know. I don't have their previous results up. But still, this team with Stanley Cup aspirations surrendered a point to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Chicago Blackhawks, who might I, who I am just mentioning now, do not have Connor Bedard playing for them. And I just had the feeling oh, good. The Rangers are going to lose this game. But they didn't. Just two and a half minutes left in the overtime. Mika Sabanjit scored, and the Rangers barely escaped Chicago with two points. Thank goodness, because this is not a team you want to have a take the point and run against kind of night, especially when you were up 3 1 on them. And what a way to, it was a victory, but way to follow up one of your better performances of the year or better performances. How do I work this way to follow up coming back from the all-star break? Two good games in a row against the two, two of the previous three Stanley cup winners. Just a potentially almost choke against the Chicago Blackhawks. So what does this mean for the Rangers heading into the next game? I'll tell you what it meant. It meant they were kind of pissed off at themselves. Because I'd say this was one of the best games they played all season against the Calgary Flames. And this could have been a higher scoring game, but Jacob Markstrom did stand on his head for the Flames a few times. Like he robbed Blake Wheeler at one point. He robbed Alexi Lafreniere. And again, this goes back to what I said with Lafreniere, you know, being snake bitten. At times, like, maybe he has an, an ability to finish sometimes. Maybe he gets goalied. It's a, Like I said, probably a little bit of both. However, Igor Shostakovich was the best goalie on the ice. And the previous game against the Blackhawks, he did all right. I think he did good. Igor stopped 28 of 31 Blackhawks shots. 903 save percentage, not bad. However, this game, he was elite. We finally have, it's February. We finally have an Igor Shesterkin shutout. He stopped 30 of 30. Blackhawk, excuse me, Calgary flame shots. The Rangers got goals from Will Cooley. Uh, Will Cooley with uh, his ninth goal of the year. And Kapokako assisted on that one as well. I mean, he's got a little mini two-game point streak right now. That line needs to be kept together. And I'll probably go into more of that when we talk about, you know, some of my takes from these past three games and go into, like, some more trade talk. Score, that was 12 and a half minutes into the second period. And Igor just had his swagger back this game. Like, he was making windmill saves. He absolutely like robbed Cadre. Like he stoned Blake Goleman twice with the goalie pulled. And you could tell he got his swagger back, cause he shot for the empty net. It was it had the distance, but if it was to the right, uh, by about like maybe 30, 40 feet, it prop it would have counted. It would have been a goal. And that led to an icing, but thankfully no harm, no foul. And with 19 seconds left in regulation, Jimmy VC with a great play in the Calgary Flames zone to steal the puck, buried home the empty netter. The Rangers would secure the victory. So, that brings us to today. Rangers have a five-game winning streak, currently the best Winning streak in the NHL. And they got a big week coming up for them. Thursday, they play Montreal Canadiens at the Garden. Then on the 18th, they go to MetLife Stadium to play the New York Islanders. Get this. The New York Islanders and Rangers haven't played each other since the calendar year 2022. That's bananas. And that's the reason why when people talk about, oh, the NHL wants to expand to Salt Lake City or to Atlanta. Just 32 is the perfect amount. I want to redo these division alignments because I don't like playing the rival teams or the teams I like to beat the most only four times a year. If you're lucky. But anyway, that's Sunday. And then Tuesday, they play against Dallas Stars. So. What other takes can I give to you for this week? Well, I think the obvious is Igor. Hopefully, this is the start of him turning his season around. These past two games, he brought his save percentage back to over 900. It's at like 902 right now. You'd want to see him try to get that up to like the 910, 920-ish area. That's a little more typical of the type of play he's capable of. His His career save percentage is 920. And hopefully this is the start of, you know, being back to the normal Igor. He's, you know, went to the All-Star game. He had sat these couple games. He had some time with Benoit Laird, the best goalie coach in the league. Maybe that's just exactly what he needed. Another positive is that third line of Will Cooley, Johnny Brodzinski, Capo Kako. And I think what I love the most about that line is that they're style of hockey is so simple they play north and south they are not trying to make all these nifty passes to you know try to create that perfect scoring chance no they'll just take the puck to the net they try to go for those ugly goals that goal against Chicago was ugly the goal against the Flames I didn't really go into like that's the type of it's a that's the type of goal you really don't see from the Rangers lately that the goal against the Flames was Kapokako just going straight to the net and he tries to it was a two-on-one. He tries to put it past Markstrom, and it creates a, a loose puck in front. And Will Cooley, the hard four-checker, big body he is, bangs it home underneath the pad to make it one nothing. And Markstrom thought he had the puck underneath his pad, and he was pissed at, after that. But you know what? That's the type of goal you need to score sometimes. Goals like that that are just ugly, beautifully ugly. So that's... That line is one of the reasons why I'm not particularly, you know, clamoring for a bottom six forward. I mean, I think the fourth line could use some work. I mean, Barkley Goodrow. the worst thing about him is his contract. Tyler Pitlick was waived. Adam Edstrom's being given a look. We'll see how he does. But this third line, I don't think needs to be touched. Now, where am I concerned? The obvious is Mika Zibanejad. Because Benedit, he listen. He had the overtime winner against the Blackhawks. I get that, but he hasn't had a five-on-five goal since December twenty-third against the Buffalo Sabers. So it's been, let's see, twenty games or now since since then. And at this point, let's, let's just shave his head. Some of you are probably looking at the cover art for this episode and like, what the hell hell is this a photo of? I mean, everyone, almost everyone my age should know what it is. It's a, it's from a cartoon called Courage the Cowardly Dog. The blonde guy was like a creepy dude who would like shave people's head and he was about to shave the dog's head. So I put Mika Zabandjah's face over the dog Courage. Because that's, at that point, that's what he, he needs. The Artemi Panarin, shave your head and suddenly become the the elite player we know you're capable of being. And it's very, and I say that because it's very, Zibanejad's problems are very similar to like what Panarin's were in, you know, the playoffs or last year. He didn't shoot. This year, Panarin's shooting a lot. Like, the high, the most he ever has in his career. And what do you know? He's putting out the best numbers of his career. So Benajed is not shooting. And zip, he had two separate two-on-ones in the game against Calgary. And he passed both times. And neither chance led to a shot on goal. Thank you, Johnny Lazarus, for pointing this out on Twitter. He, listen... You're not going to put up points if you don't shoot. Even if you don't feel like you have a good angle. Sometimes shoot the pass. Like Maybe on one of those 2-on-1s. You could have placed it off of Backstrom's pad perfectly. And then Kreider could have banged home the rebound. So that's why I think if the Rangers are to do anything, this trade deadline, they probably should eye for a top right winger. The problem is... What do you want to give up for it? Because teams have been overpaying a lot for some centers so far this trade deadline, which makes ask, and not particularly top centers. So if, you know, first round picks are the asking price for a third line center, just imagine how ridiculous it probably is for a top line right winger. And I said last week how You know, apparently the Rangers don't want to trade the first-round pick because of the sphere, all that stuff. Well, Larry Brooks came out and said, that's all bullcrap. They're willing to trade that pick. Okay. I've talked about Vetrano possibly reuniting with him. I've talked about Tarasenko possibly reuniting with him. You know, there's someone they haven't, you know... Played with before Jordan Everly, I think he'd be a g- good addition. See how the Kraken do. But what about Pavel Buchnevich? You know the Blues are kind of like in the doldrums or something. Uh, are they in the playoff spot right now? Why, yes, they are. They're in the second wild card spot. So I'm not exactly thinking Buchnevich is going to be on the market for, you know, put up for sale by the Blues. But I'd love for. Chris Rury to make up for his mistake of trading Bucinevich to bring him back in some way, shape, or form. If possible. And cause, especially because Bucinevich has played with Kreider and Zibanejad before, and those those three did work well together. Regardless, whoever it is, it's someone that needs to wake up Mika Zibanejad. Someone who could compliment him and potentially... Get him to start shooting more. Because I don't think I. I don't remember if I said this before. Mika Zibanejad. Does not have a 5 on 5 goal. Since December 23rd. That's like 20 games ago. He has a short. He has a shorty. He has an overtime winner. By the way. He leads the Rangers all time in overtime winners. That's a surprising stat. 8. Eight overtime winners as a New York Ranger. But regardless, the New York Rangers need to find a top r- right winger, if anything. Because if they make the playoffs, and Zibanejad and... I'm, I guess you could say Chris Kreider too, but like he's got some 5-on-5 five five goals more recently than Zibanejad. But if Zibanejad's playing like this, You're not going far. I don't know who it is that can unlock his potential. It's certainly not Blake Wheeler, though, I could tell you that. But anyway, we'll see what the next week brings us. Yeah, I told you the schedule already. And, you know, Paul Bisonette, he never fails. The Rangers are on a five-game win streak since, you know... He went on his chicklets, you know, he went back to calling them Fugazis. And I quote tweeted it at the time, like, oh, Biz is shitting on the Rangers again. We are so back. Well, Rangers have a five game winning streak, and then he posts a picture of himself on Twitter wearing a Ranger jersey. Got more room on the wagon? No. No. He probably realizes the the effect he has on teams. So, if the Rangers suddenly go on a losing streak, you could pinpoint it to this exact moment from when Paul Bizonette put on that Rangers jersey. Paul Bizonette, who has fewer playoff points than Igor Shesterkin. Anyway, let's go into some prospect reports. Brendan Hoffman with the Wolfpack this season, 13 goals, 20 assists, 33 points, 126 shots on goal, and he's one of only four AHL rookies to have 13 plus goals and 20 plus assists this season. Coming along nicely in Hartford. And get a load of this. Freshman Gabe Perot. He's no he's not just leading freshman. He's not just leading NCAA freshmen in points this year. He's leading the nation. 45 points. Let me repeat that for you. Gabe Perot, the 23rd overall pick in the draft by the New York Rangers. Hold on, let me double check that real quick. Yes, 23rd overall pick is leading the nation in points with 45. He's not just coasting on that line with two lottery picks. He's, th- he's one of the g- straws that serves a drink. 45 points. It was much as, like, ball spit and chicklets, Paul Bissonnette in particular. Mike, Mikey Grinelli is right. New York Rangers got the steal of the draft. So, I did say last week how I kind of want the right winger to be someone who could stick around for a while if the Rangers do trade for a right winger or a top-line right winger. Something to wake up Zibanejad. So maybe they actually can make a deep playoff run. I'm kind of okay with it being a rental. With kids like. Othman. And Perot coming up. But. There's still some time before the trade deadline. So anyway. If you made this far. Thank you very much for listening. I doubt I have any new audience members here. Because. For those of you who don't know. My. And if my joke, the Super Bowl broadcast showing Taylor Swift every time Travis Kelsey does something joke, has over a million plays on Instagram. Holy crap. Probably about like 60,000 likes now. And look at me, getting a dopamine rush from a bunch of strangers I'll never meet. But anyway, if have made this far. Thank you very much for listening. This is Jackknife. Have a wonderful night, everyone. I'll check in on you next week.